Hello, this is Bethany and I am the Bibliophilic Witch. Today we're going to talk about releases that I am excited about for 2018. This is going to start out with a couple that have already come out. And there's four of them and I've only read one of them or started reading one of them. So I need to get on this. Um, the other thing about this is it's probably not going to be super long and in-depth because I have really taken to stepping back on books that I buy as soon as they come out. And so I'm being much more careful about what I am getting excited about. And I'm just trying to make sure that they're books that I am most likely to read as soon as I buy them, even though only one of the four that I have, I've done that with. But to be fair, one of them I literally just bought yesterday. So that's a thing. But the, this list is going to be roughly in order of release date. Um, and I'm going to read the synopsis of each book because I suck at trying to tell you what books are supposed to be about. So I'm just going to read because I like reading and I'm good at that. So the first book in my list is Sight Witch by Susan Dennard. For anybody that is unaware, Sight Witch is a tale set in the Witchlands universe. Witchlands is a series by Susan Dennard, obviously, that starts with Truth Witch. has a really great, interesting high fantasy world. I really enjoy it. has really strong female characters. The main, main two characters that we have are both best friends, so we have a really strong female relationship also. There's a lot of things that are very good about this. The first book took about half of it to three quarters for the world building to really pick up. You spent a lot of the time at the beginning being more confused than you should have been in a fantasy. And that was one of the uh, complaints almost everybody had about the first book. But it's really picked up since that one. Once you got used to the world and you started to understand it more, it just became an amazing series. Unfortunately, we did not get Blood Witch, which will be the third story in the actual series. Our third book that we received is Sight Witch, which is a short story, essentially, or a short uh, novelette is probably a good word for this, which is about one of the side characters from what I understand. So let me read to you the synopsis and excuse any terribly butchered pronunciations because, you know, fantasy. Ryber... Fortiza was a sight witch sister at a secluded covenant, waiting to be called by her goddess into the depths of the mountain. There she would receive the gift of foretelling, but when that call never comes, Ryber finds herself the only sister without the sight. Years pass and Ryber's misfit pain becomes a dull ache until, one day, sisters who already possess the sight are summoned into the mountain, never to return. Soon enough, Ryber is the only sister left. Now it is up to her to save her sisters, though she does not have the sight, and though she does not know what might await her inside the mountain. On her journey underground, the, she encounters a young captain named Colin Icray, who has no memory of who he is or how he got there. Together, the two journey ever deeper in search of answers. Their road filled with horrors, and what they find at the end of that road will alter the fate of the Witchlands forever. Yeah, so I'm excited to read this. I'm not as excited as I would have been if it was the next book in the series because it's definitely taking a diversion from our main storyline. But I am excited. It's going, it's only, let's see. Let's see how many pages this is. 
Gotta get past the uh, notes and everything. Okay, there's some kind of a note in the back. Is this part of the series, the, the story itself? Yes, I'm gonna say it is. We're gonna say yes. 236 pages. That's like two and a half hours of reading for me. So I could easily finish this in a day. Maybe that's what I'll do tomorrow. Maybe I'll do a uh, a uh, 24 hour readathon tomorrow and pick this up. Except I'm really enjoying one of my other books that I will be mentioning shortly. Next, let's talk about The Trader's Game by Jennifer A. Nielsen. I know Jennifer A. Nielsen has wrote, written another series, um, the, the Ascendant series with the False Prince. Looks like there's more, but that's the one that I'm aware of and I've kind of seen around before. I have not read that series. If I like this book, I'll probably end up reading that series because that's how I am. But anyways, this one is the one that I actually just picked up yesterday. It's not one that I decided to pre-order, but I saw it at Target along with the Bells, which I kind of originally really wanted, and now I'm really unsure if I'm going to buy it. But anyways, so with this one, I, I have read the synopsis a couple of times, and it definitely catches my interest, and so I'm really in interested to read it. It's I'm just not dying of excitement for this one. But I'm excited enough that when I saw it on the shelf at Target, I definitely picked it up because I feel like it's going to be a fun book. So let me read the synopsis for this one to you. Kestra Dallasor has spent the last three years in exile, but that does not stop her from being drawn back into the web of her father's dangerous politics. He seconded He's second in command to the despotic and seemingly immortal king, Lord Endric. With his arsenal of Ironheart soldiers and vicious condors, Endric rules the land of Antora with a cruel and bloody fist. Her father's position makes Kestra a vulnerable bargaining chip, which a group of rebels understand all too well, and they snatch Kestra from her carriage as she reluctantly travels home. The kidnappers plan to blackmail Kestra into finding the Olden Blade, a lost dagger they believe is the only weapon that can kill the power-mad king. But Kestra is not the obedient captive they expected. One of the rebels, Simon, struggles to fulfill his orders as Kestra attempts to foil their plans by force, cunning, or any means necessary. As motives shift and secrets emerge, both Simon and Kestra will have to question what it is and who it is they're fighting for. So what really intrigues me with this one is our main character is not necessarily the, like, suddenly does training, becomes superly badass with a sword or with magic or both, but she gets drawn into a lot of what's going on and she uses not just her, her just not just tricks up her sleeve but her cunning and her ability to think through things to try to work things to her advantage it honestly reminds me a bit of the winner's curse trilogy which i absolutely adored and i know that there is a very a very uh, that book is one that series is one of those that is you either love it or you hate it and that is because of the way that slaves are, like the slave relationship between the main character and the eventual love interest is handled. So I understand where that's coming from, but that whole dynamic between those two is also one of the reasons that I ended up loving the story. I love 
books where you have that super angsty kind of line between them and they're working to bridge that line. And it is one of those books that also use the the trope where there there's the miscommunication trope a fair amount. But this time it worked out really well. And I'm going to stop rambling about the Winter's Curse. The thing about the Winter's Curse is it it kind of reminds me of the Traitor's Game. Like, I, f I feel like there's a little bit. It doesn't help that the main character in The Winner's Curse is Kestrel, and the main character in The Traitor's Game is Kestra. Coincidence? Probably, but I, I don't think so either. But I am definitely looking forward to this one. I'm not sure when I'll actually get forward to this, get around to reading this one. But my newest goal is to try to catch up on books that I purchased that were brand new over the last couple of years, because there are several that I was really excited about and have not read them. And so I'm trying to catch up to up on them by being participating in Beat the Backlist. And then as soon as I get that one done, maybe I will pick this one up later this year because I'm trying to make sure I read the books that I buy the year I buy them. I think that's a fairly reasonable thing to be trying. The next book I want to talk about is Tess of the Road by Rachel Hartman. Now, Rachel Hartman wrote the Serafina duology, which I really loved. The world is one of those that you either love it or you just don't really get into the world. Because I've heard a lot of people, they either really enjoy the book or they really don't. But it's not necessarily they really loved the book or they hated it. It's you either got into it and you enjoyed it or you just didn't care for it. And it's a very interesting kind of magical system, and it's very, it's been a while since I've read them, but I, I want to say that the writing is kind of flowery, but I don't think that's it either. But it kind of goes into that kind of area of writing where it seems to take a while to build up, and there isn't a lot of action either. So it's, I can kind I think I understand why not everybody really loves it, but I really did. But I also love anything with dragons and will read anything with dragons and even if it's subpar in story or writing or world building I'm going to love it because dragons. So Tess of the Road is a book in that world and I am so excited to pick it up and read it even though again this one came out at the end of February and I haven't started reading it yet um, but I was in the middle of some other books and I knew another book was going to be coming out in a couple of, no, like a week after this one came out that I was much more excited about reading. And I will be talking about that one in just a second. But anyways, so the Tess of the Road takes place in the same world as Serafina. But it's following a new character. It's almost more like a companion series. I will read the synopsis now. In the medieval kingdom of Gorod, women are expected to be ladies. Men are their protectors, and dragons can be whomever they choose. Tess is none of those things. Tess is different. She speaks out of turn, has wild ideas, and can't seem to keep away from trouble. Then Tess goes too far. What she's done is so disgraceful she can't even allow herself to think about it. Unfortunately, the past cannot be ignored. So Tess's family finally decides that the only path for her is a nunnery. But on the day she is to join the nuns, Tess chooses a different path by herself. She cuts her hair, pulls on her boots, and sets out on a journey. She's not running away, she's running towards something. What that something is, she doesn't know. 
Tess just sees an open road as a map to somewhere else, a life where she might belong. So I'm not really sure how I'm going to enjoy this book or not enjoy it, but I'm really excited to be back in this world. I loved the world that the other series was in. And while I really enjoyed a lot of what was going on in that series, maybe this one I will love the characters even more than I like the characters in that one. So I definitely support this author, though, in this world. So I was I bought this immediately because dragons. The next book I'm going to talk about, and the last one that has already released in my list, and the one that I did actually pick up as soon as I got it and started to read it because I have been looking forward to this book for a while now, and that is Children of Blood and Bone by, and I don't, I haven't heard her, the author's name pronounced, so I'm probably not going to say this right, Tommy Adyemi. We'll go with that. Anyways, I have been looking forward to this book for a while now. Um, probably almost a year ago, I heard about The Bells. I can't remember who the author is offhand, uh, but it's fairly popular. It's a fantasy set in an alternate world of New Orleans um, where beauty is a magic kind of concept. People are not born necessarily beautiful, but there are beauties who can shape people's beauty so they become more beautiful. And the skill and this magic is highly valued. It ends up being set in, I think I might have commented about this, it's set in New Orleans. And it obviously has a, cat, a diverse cast. So it was going to be an amazing thing. I have been here for any fantasy by diverse authors of diverse characters because I want to support and read those books so much. But unfortunately, as we got closer to the release of The Bells, I realized that the store, that the world and the setting was not the type of world and setting that I'm actually going to be that excited about. That kind of alternate setting isn't really the type of world, fantasy world, that I really enjoy reading right now. So I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I wasn't going to get super excited about that book. And I actually removed it from my wish list before it even came out. And I'm sad because I really would have loved to have supported it, but I also am not going to put money into books that I'm not super excited about buying just because everybody else is buying them and I want to support them. Um, I do, it is now at Target. It just reached the shelves at Target. I don't know why it took so long, but it's now there. So I'm probably going to uh, pick it up and read the first couple of pages to see how I feel about it sit on it for a little bit. Um, if my library gets it before I give in and buy it, I will read it through my library. But that book was going to be something I was super excited to be able to read and to be able to support. And that ended up not being so. But about the same time that we were getting close to the release date for that one, and I was really starting to think about it, I then heard about Children of Blood and Bone. And Children of Blood and Bone is the high fantasy setting with diverse characters and a uh, own voice author, and I was like, yes, I am here for this. Let me read to you what this one is about. 
Zeli Adabola remembers when the soil of Orisha hummed with magic. Burners ignite flames, titers beckoned waves, and Zeli's reaper mother summoned forth souls. But everything changed once magic disappeared. Under the orders of a ruthless king, the magi were tra targeted and killed, leaving Zeli without a mother and her people without hope. Now Zeli has one chance to bring back magic and strike against the monarchy. With the help of a rogue princess, Zeli must outwit and outrun the crown prince who is hellbent on eradicating magic for good. Danger lurks in Orisha, where snow lupinaires prowl and vengeful spirits wait the waters. Yet the greatest threat may be Zeli herself as she struggles to control her own powers and her growing feelings for an enemy. So the storyline doesn't seem necessarily amazing, but it definitely catches your interest and everything else about it has been good. We had uh, a like a very short um, blurb from the book that had been released and reading that had really caught my interest and I was really excited about it. I do have some thoughts. I don't really do reviews, but I might review this book because of those thoughts. Um, but yes, uh, this, this is a beautiful book and I love it. All right, now we are moving on to books that have not yet actually come out. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Ash Princess by Laura Sebastian. This one is coming out in April. I'm trying to get the description to come up. Theodosia was six when her country was invaded and her mother, the Fire Queen, was murdered before her eyes. On that day, the Kaiser took Theodosia's family, her land, and her name. Theo was crowned Ash Princess, a title of shame to bear in her new life as a prisoner. For ten years, Theo has been a captive in her own palace. She has endured the relentless abuse and ridicule of the Kaiser and his court. She is powerless, surviving in her new world only by burying the girl she was deep inside. Then one night, the Kaiser forces her to do the unthinkable. With blood on her hands and all hope of reclaiming her throne lost, she realizes that surviving is no longer enough, but she does have a weapon. Her mind is sharper than any sword, and power isn't always won on the battlefield. For ten years, the Ash Princess has seen her land pillaged and her people enslaved. That all ends here. So this is another one where uh, it has this kind of Instead of brute strength, we have cunning being played upon instead. Um, it has a lot of story elements that aren't necessarily brand new, but I'm very interesting to see, interested to see where they go. Some of the recent reviews on this, the early reviews, I should say, on this, have also commented about how uh, the main character has to do a lot of things that are hard, like killing people when you don't want to kill people, that kind of thing hard. I don't remember, I don't think, none of them actually um, mentioned what she has done, but it definitely builds this picture of um, somebody who is very morally gray because she is being forced to do things that she would have never done before, but she has to do them in order to work forwards. And I'm very interested to see exactly what that is, because these reviews have also commented the author doesn't shy away from these things that she has to do. So I'm definitely interested to see what that is going to be.
Um, I'm going to mention a couple of contemporary books that I am interested in reading because I read uh, other books by those authors last year, and so I'm very interested to see what these books are going to be. So we have From Twinkle with Love. I'm going to probably say her name incorrectly, and I'm sorry. Sandia Menon. This is the same author that wrote uh, when Dimple met Rishi last year, and I really enjoyed that book. It was a fun, sweet contemporary, but it, then it was also an own voices book, and it had a diverse cast, so it was a great book to be able to support, while also having a fun, lighthearted um, young adult contemporary to read during the summer. And so I am interested in From Twinkle with Love. Another contemporary that uh, is I'm aware of and kind of looking forward to is On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. And Angie Thomas is the author of The Hate You Give. The Hate You Give was an extremely important and very, very good book. Like The themes that the story is centered around are very important to currently talk about. But a lot of the, like, just the writing itself was really good. The characters were really great. I loved the family elements and a lot of the other discussions around the main theme were just really well handled and amazing. While On the Come Up is not dealing with such a heavy topic, it does have my interest because I did really enjoy the author's other book and so I am looking forward to considering also supporting another Own Voices diverse cast book. So let's get back into the books that I am properly excited about and am probably going to be pre-ordering so that they are here the day of release since we no longer have my bookstore in town and I have to depend on Walmart or Target and as evidenced by the bells, they don't necessarily have their books out on time anymore and it, it's, it's I'm a little salty. Let's move on. So. Uh, a Reaper at the Gates by Sabah Tahir is the third book in the Ember in the Ashes series. I enjoyed the first book when it came out. I read it immediately, and I really enjoyed it. And I have not actually read the second book yet. Um, this is one of the books that I am planning on reading this year, uh, the second book in the series, because I'm trying to read books that I have owned for a while that I bought immediately, and I need to actually read them. Um, and I am looking forward to this one coming out, and I'm hoping that I will be able to reread the first one so that I actually enjoy the second one more instead of just kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. And then when this one comes out, I will be able to read it also. It'll be a good year. I'm not going to read what this one is about since it is the third in a series, and I would tell you in a very basic summary what the first one was about, but like I just said, I haven't read it since it came out so I really can't tell you, um, but it is a own, own voices, diverse cast, fantasy, it's pretty much all you really need to know, not a big surprise either. Let's move on. So the next one that's going to be coming out is Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Naomi Novik is the author of Uprooted, which is the base, like, this isn't exactly a companion novel or anything, but Naomi Novik's uh, Uprooted was a retelling of um, fairy tales, and words are losing me. It was a Beauty and the Beast retelling, but it was so beautifully done 
that you can only, like, you might know that it was a Beauty and the Beast retelling, but it was very abstract in the the inspiration by the time she had finished her story. And it was also a almost like Russian kind of inspired setting. So it was very, very different and I really enjoyed it. I happen to also love Naomi Novik's series, the Temer series, which is Napoleonic Wars, but with dragons, because <laughs> I love the dragons. We've already talked about this. So I am very excited about a new Naomi Novik book, Spinning Silver, and this one is going to be a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Miriam is the daughter and granddaughter of moneylenders, but her father is not a very good one. Free to lend and reluctant to collect, he has left his family on the edge of poverty until Miriam intercedes. Hardening her heart, she sets out to retrieve what is owed and soon gains a reputation for, for being able to turn silver into gold. But when an ill-advised boast brings her to the attention of the cold creatures who haunt the wood, nothing will be the same again. For words of power and the fate of a kingdom will be forever altered by the challenge she has issued. So yeah. I'm not so sure how I feel about a uh, Rumpelstiltskin retelling, but I am definitely here for this. The next book that I am probably one of my most anticipated, like right next to The Children of Blood and Bone, would be Record of a Spaceborn Few by Becky Chambers. And this is the third book in the Wayfar Wayfarer's Companion series. If you have not read the first book in this series, uh, The Long Way to a Strange, to a Small Angry Planet, apparently I can't remember what it's called, you need to read it. It's amazing. I love it. I love this series. the series. Both the first and the second book just made my heart unbelievably happy. It does so well talking about all kinds of different um, issues in our own that are from our own world but in a a sci-fi setting which is something that sci-fi fantasy has been able to do for a very long time but it does it so well and then it has such great diversity and then it also is so good about while it's talking about all these things it's also still doing a really good job of being like happy and i love it so needless to say, I am so excited to be able to return to this world uh, because it is a companion series. We don't necessarily see the same characters all the time, but a lot of times we hear a little bit about them. And I'm really excited just to jump back into this world. Return to the sprawling universe of the galactic commons as humans, artificial intelligence, aliens, and some beings yet undiscovered explore what it means to be a community in this exciting third adventure in the acclaimed and multi-award nominated science fiction Wayfarer series, brimming with heartwarming characters and da dazzling space adventures. Hundreds of years ago, the last humans on Earth boarded the Exodus fleet in search of a new home among the stars. After centuries spent wandering empty space, their descendants were eventually accepted by the well-established species that governed the Milky Way. But that was long ago. Today, the Exodus fleet is a living relic, the birthplace of many, yet a place few outsiders have ever visited. While the Exodans take great pride in their original community and traditions, their culture has been influenced by others beyond their bulkheads. As many Exodans leave for alien cities or terrestrial colonies, those who remain are left to ponder their own lives and futures. 
What is the purpose of a ship that has reached its destination? Why remain in space when there are habitable worlds available to live? What is the price of sustaining their carefully balanced way of life, and is it worth saving at all? A young apprentice, a lifelong spacer with young children, a planet-raised traveler, an alien academic, a caretaker for the dead, and an archivist whose mission is to ensure no one's story is forgotten, wrestle with these profound universal questions. The answers may seem small on the galactic scale, but to those individuals, it could mean everything. Can you see why I love this series? If you can't, you need to try reading it. It's, it's so good. I love it. I'm just going to continue to gush, okay? I can't, I'm not going to talk, properly talk about it. I'm just going to gush. Um, another book I'm not going to go into the synopsis or what it's about or anything is uh, Dark Dawn, which is book three of the Never Nevernight Chronicle by uh, Jay Kristoff. I read Nevernight this past year. Uh, it was one of those books that when it came out, I was so excited to get it. I was able, even able to get my hands on it a little early, and then I didn't really read it. Uh, the time that it came out, uh, I was not in a really good place mentally, and it's a kind of a grimdark fantasy, and I couldn't I couldn't do a darker fantasy like that at the time. Even when I read it, it was a little bit more difficult for me, but I did really enjoy it. I don't own the second one yet, um, but I'm hoping to buy the second one so that I can be ready for the third one's release uh, later this year. It doesn't come out until fall. Um, it doesn't even have a cover yet. It's kind of sad. Um, and then the next one I'm going to, I have two more. I'm just going to mention them. I'm not going to talk about their details or anything. Um, the next one I'm really excited about is Descender Volume 6 uh, by Jeff, Jeff uh, Lemire et al. Uh, this is a graphic novel series, uh, Descender. The first one, I don't even know where I was going with that comment. I really enjoy this series. It, it, it has a lot of discussion on artificial life and artificial intelligence. And it's one of those where robots have... Robots have risen up kind of a thing. And we find out that these huge robots that are alien to the robots that they actually knew come and destroy like the largest amount of this like the galactic empire or whatever the heck it's called in this this universe and so humans then completely turn against their own artificial intelligence and then it just builds from there and it is good I it's really enjoyable it is one of the slower moving um, sci-fi comics that I've ever re read but I feel that this is the same with almost every comic series I've read it just goes very slowly because it is it's all told in pictures so one volume I can read a single volume of any any um, comic in like an hour to two hours tops and because I can read it that fast I know I'm not getting much of the story in that amount of time so even though I'm about to get the sixth one there's still so much story to still find out I don't have many comic series that I read where I want to buy them as soon as they come out. Um, I did start reading Lumberjanes at one point. I have also read uh, The Wicked and the Divine. Both of those I did enjoy, but I wasn't in love with. Uh, Lumberjanes is probably my least favorite of the, of the series that I have owned and been reading. 
and I have absolutely no interest in continuing that one. And I think I've actually gotten rid of my co my copies at this point. The Wicked and the Divine. Um, I think I'm at the end of the third volume, which was when we got one of our biggest plot twists. And the next one I had known was it didn't really deal much with the actual storyline, so I didn't pick it up right away. There have been a couple more since then, and I should really get back into it to see how I'm going to feel about it. But because I was so on edge when it was coming out, I wasn't really big on it. But the two series that I love are The Rat Queens, which I'll probably ramble about at some other point down the road, and Descender. And I am looking forward to more Descender because I have so few comics to get excited about, so I'm going to throw my all into this one. The last book I'm going to mention is Vengeful by V.E. Schwab. This is a sequel to Vicious, which is a villain-based story. I have not actually read Vicious. I, it has been in my radar for so long. So long. Since I now know that this one's coming out, I'm going to buy myself a physical copy of Vicious. I've checked out the library's copy on multiple different occasions. I have it in e-format. I have had that for, oh, I don't even know how long at this point. But I am going to buy a physical copy. I'm going to read it this year. I'm going to read the next one. It is going to be glorious. But it is about uh, villain characters. So we have the anti-hero kind of concept, but they're not even really heroes. I couldn't really tell you much more than that because it's been a while since I've read the synopsis, but I, I could tell you what the first scene is. <laughs> but I'm really excited about that one. That one doesn't come out until fall also, so I have plenty of time to get around to reading it. I think that is about it for today's episode. It was like the last one. Nothing but me rambling about stuff I'm excited about which is totally fine. And I think that might end up being what most of my episodes are about. If you enjoyed this episode, you should definitely check out my other episode. Maybe when you listen to this, I'll have more episodes other than just this one. And you should definitely check out those also. Thank you for listening. Bye.